this sucks. Hello, and welcome to a special announcement. Play this minisode. Yeah, really, I guess you could just be like, hello, and welcome to play this. This is tiny. <laughs> I'm Daniel. I'm Sean. And we're doing a cool thing for our next episode. Yeah. Faithful listeners of Play This might remember that Max and I, earlier this year, did a couple of listener recommendation episodes. Yes. That was a lot of fun. We played Psychonauts, uh, thanks to a listener, Cody, mm-hmm. and uh, we played Hollow Knight, thanks to listener, Actual Superboy. Yes. And uh, both of those were episodes I enjoyed doing a whole lot for very different reasons. This time, Sean and I will be doing at least one more listener recommendation episode with a special theme this time this is the listener recommendation episode 2018 edition yeah so sean and i are are gearing up this is the end of the year so we're we're gearing up to do our 2018 game of the year episode in january Mm -hmm. along with my girlfriend amy lee and we plan on having max there yes and Potentially one or two of our other close friends. Yeah. And as such, we are we're trying to play as many uh, notable 2018 titles near the end of this year as we can, so we, we know what we're talking about when we give our awards right. in January. Therefore, we thought a really fun thing to do would be to get you guys involved and have you recommend your favorite 2018 titles to us. Yes. Because I, I, I haven't played enough 2018 titles. Yeah, I think that'll work out really great. And hopefully you guys do too. Really looking forward to getting your submissions. Yeah. So here are your guidelines. For the 2018 edition of the Listener Recommendation episode, you guys must submit a game that has had its first full release in 2018. By first, I mean that it cannot have been released earlier than 2018 on a different platform. Right. Like, say, the the Switch release of Hollow Knight would not be eligible because it had its 1.0 release on PC in 2016. Yeah. PUBG is hitting PS4 this year, Mm -hmm. but it had its 1.0 release on PC last year, so it's not eligible. Right. By full first release, uh, I mean that it has to be a 1.0 release. It has to be... It has to be a finished game. That means it cannot currently be in early access. Uh, it cannot be a beta mm-hmm. that's currently running. It can't be a demo of a game that will come out later. And it can't be an episodic game that does not have all of its episodes out already. Right. So Slay the Spire is, at the time of this recording, currently in early access. So it would not be eligible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like it's really close to its full release. Uh, and it'd be really funny if it had its full release before <laughs> I got this episode up. Yeah. Um, if if you go check on Slay the Spire and it's out, it it was still in early access when we did this. Yeah. Uh, so just yeah, early access games are out. Uh, Magic: The Gathering Arena is a game that's currently in beta, so not eligible. Delta Rune is a game that I played, and it's really really good, but it's technically a demo for a full game that'll be out. Way far in the future, so not eligible for this. Right. And Life is Strange 2 has released one episode uh, of its planned five, and it's an excellent episode, 
but it won't be eligible this year. Instead, it'll be eligible for 2019 Game of the Year when hopefully all of its episodes are out. So I guess if I were to sum up the rules as we've stated them so far, the game has to have come out for the first time in the year 2018, and you have to be able to play the whole thing right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the gist of it. Another guideline, don't suggest Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, I'm sure some of you are <laughs> listening from our podcast of Smashing Theory. Right. We are, we're obviously going to play Smash Bros. Ultimate. We're going to have a whole episode of Smashing Theory about uh, about us having played the game. So there's no need to do it for play this. Correct. With all that in mind, the deadline for submissions is Friday, January 11th. By 12 p.m. Central Time. Right. We will read uh, our next episode. We will talk about our playthrough of Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu and Eevee. And at the end of that episode, we will read our favorite submissions. Uh, Before the episode comes out, if we have trouble picking a favorite that we will play, we might do a poll on our Patreon at patreon.com slash beepboopgroup. Yeah! And so if you are a Patreon subscriber of ours, you'll be able to vote in that poll and help us decide what game we're playing. Yeah, at $2 or more. Yeah. And obviously, uh, the final guideline is if one of us has played the game already and a substantial amount of it, uh, then it's not eligible. Right. And that's harder for you guys to know. <laughs> so that's why, as part of this, this is the mini-sode, uh, Sean and I are going to kind of quickly-ish go over every game that we've played so far in 2018. Yeah. We're going to do it in alphabetical order. So if you have a game in mind, uh, like let's say you want to recommend Dragon Quest Eleven to us, you can listen up to the Ds, and if we don't mention Dragon Quest Eleven, uh, then that means it's eligible. Yeah. Uh, Alternately, you may refer to the timestamps below. Also, a bonus to whoever's thinking of suggesting Dragon Quest Eleven. Neither of us have played it. Not at all. Uh, so that that is eligible. Yes. But yeah, we'll, we'll also do like a like a quick, like you know, some very quickish thoughts on on a bunch of these games that we've played. Um, we'll try to refrain from saying stuff like one of the best games we've played this year, <laughs> uh, because we probably don't want to give too much away for the game of the year episode. Right. Um, but there are definitely a lot of games on this list that I really really liked. Yes. So. It feels unfair to just say, like, two words about them and then move on. So we will say, like, ten words about them and then move on. Okay. We'll, we'll see how this goes. But yes, without further ado, here's a list of games that Sean and I have played in 2018. If you don't hear your game on this list, then definitely send us a tweet at PlayThisPodcast. Send an email to feedback at PlayThisPodcast.com or leave a comment or send us a message at patreon.com slash group, You can reach us in many ways. Yes. We are like Gandalf. If you happen to run into us at the street, just shout at us. <laughs> They're like, hey, play Tic-Tac-Toe. <laughs> We're like, all right, guy. Tic-Tac-Toe's first release was not in 2018. Not eligible. Be a better listener than Sean. You just haven't seen the way I play it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> actually that's a good note uh remakes are okay 
ports aren't. Right. So I've remade Tic-Tac-Toe. Yeah, so Tic-Tac-Toe <laughs> DX <laughs> Ultimate 0.5 Final Chapter Remix. That is what I called it. Uh, I also make Kingdom Hearts. Prologue. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's potentially eligible as long as it's as long as it's not a port with metal like remasters and ports don't don't suggest Shenmue 1 and 2 however if the Resident Evil 2 remake came out in 2018 right. that would be eligible yes um use your judgment on that uh so we don't have to and i mean you know ultimately if there's like an edge case and we decide it doesn't qualify we're not going to like yell at you yeah well like suggest yeah just we'll, what you want in yeah. the whole, you know if we don't like it or we can't use it then we just won't use it yeah and if you send us something that isn't eligible then you know i a i'm sure that it's a cool suggestion and it's just ineligible for whatever reason right well we'll let you know and you can suggest another one exactly free of charge yes however so, if we reject two of them then you know you got to start paying us 5 bucks per yeah <laughs> give give us them sweet dollar bills yes so without further ado here's a list of games that sean and i have played in 2018 mostly me but sometimes sean yes alphabetically yes first on the list 428 shibuya scramble which is first because we're doing numbers first yes <laughs> you know that, that's that's the way alphabet no yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's the way alphabet that's works way do it. yeah, yeah. Really strong start, actually. I really love 428 Shibuya Scramble. It's a cool game. Yeah, uh, just a really excellent visual novel. It's so wacky. It's yeah. un it's unlike any visual novel I've experienced before. Very quirky, even by the standards of a genre that's usually pretty quirky. Yeah, if you are at all a fan of things like Danganronpa or Zero Escape, mm -hmm. then for the love of God, give 428 <laughs> a chance. It has not done very well financially. Like right. it's a very niche game. No one's really noticed it, and that is uh, a crying shame. Yeah, because it's uh, very very cool. It's incredibly unique. I do think that the people that enjoy the games that I've mentioned would absolutely love this if they give this a chance. I um, agree. Play past like the first chapter, basically. Like get get at least an hour in. I I have a very dear friend who who played like 25 minutes and hasn't touched it since <laughs> and i i know that he'd like it a lot more if he if he played for another 25 minutes and i um so don't be that guy <laughs> if, you, is, if you are that guy and you're listening to this sorry <laughs> but i love you tommy <laughs> uh, yeah 4-2 really good yes uh next game on the list we're we're doing the library thing where V does not count, <laughs> right? Uh, so we, you know, if if it's if the title starts with the V, then we go with the word after that. I think that makes sense. Yeah. So awesome adventures of Captain Spirit. The <laughs> I'm just gonna say the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit. Yeah, that's fair. Life is strange too does not qualify for this list, right? But at least awesome adventures of Captain Spirit is like a legit 2018 full yeah, release, like a standalone experience. Yeah. Um, and this, this game was really cute. Mm. Uh, boy, for a guy that did not play any Life is Strange before June of this year, <laughs> I've become a big Life is Strange fan. Hey, that's fair. It's a cool franchise. Yeah, no, it's, it's really excellent. Uh, yeah, I loved Life is Strange. I really enjoyed Before the Storm. And Captain Spirit, while not quite as strong an experience as either of those, uh -huh. is still like a, a really cute little standalone experience in it. It still manages to have some cool depth and emotion to it that I really enjoyed. Yes, agreed on all counts. I think it was a really fun, fun little game. 
Yeah. Up next, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. Now this is a game that Daniel and I have probably both played about for about an equal amount of time. Yeah, like every game preceding this list, uh, I've either played on my own or Sean has watched me play enough of a chunk up to know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, we've both kind of played separately. Funnily enough, I don't think we've done verses yet, or we've done very little verses. I think we've just done very little. Yeah. Um, I, uh, th- this game, for whatever reason, it didn't quite grab me like a lot of other, you know, games kind of in this line have done. Yeah. Uh, but I do still think that it's a really fun game. I think it's fun to watch. I think it's fun to play. Um, I like that, uh, you know, they introduced the characters from Ruby. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. They, and, and they all have pretty fun movesets, pretty yeah. cool stuff. Like, I think that, you know, like, like Ruby can be kind of a divisive show. It seems like either you really like it or you really don't. Yeah. Um, I enjoy Ruby. Yeah. Or at least I enjoy what I've watched of it. And... You're, you're the one person that's in the middle. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, one thing I will say is that unequivocally, you know, the Ruby characters in Cross Tag Battle are really fun and have really cool movesets. Yeah, and they're really well done. Yes. Uh, man, Yang is just really fun to be wa- to watch being played. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Up next, Detective Pikachu. Hey, I'm Detective Pikachu. <laughs> That is to solve a crime. That is not what he sounds like in any rendition. Hey, come of... on. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, kid, or I'll <laughs> shock ya. I can generate enough electricity to pop your eyes like popcorn, you understand? I can't believe we Get found the an fuck out of here. Can't believe we found an even better voice for Detective Pikachu than Nanny DeVito. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> We've done it. Anyway, <laughs> tell me about Detective Pikachu, because I haven't played a bit of it. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I've not played too much of Detective Pikachu, uh, but I, I think I've played enough to kind of get what its deal is. Okay. And it's really cute. It's kind of like, like, if, if you were to give it an alternate title, I think a fitting one would be My First Phoenix Wright Game. <laughs> um, like, it's, it's very much like kind of that Phoenix Wrighty gameplay where you investigate and, mm-hmm. and you, uh, you find clues and you, you, you advance by, by getting more clues from people and putting putting those clues together, right? Um, it's it's like that, but kind of like the difficulty level is clearly for children, which is very okay because it's obviously a game for children, right? And like it's it's really cute. Uh, Detective Pikachu is a charming character. Okay. He's 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 really funny. Uh, he's he's not voiced by Ryan Reynolds or Danny DeVito in this, or by me. <laughs> unfortunately the real detective pikachu um but uh but i did find a lot of charm to it i really should give it more of a shot but either way i'm i'm saying it's probably ineligible for this yeah for this listener recommendation that's episode. that's fair uh up next detroit become human beep boop i'm a bot uh sean and i actually weren't touched neither of us were touching the controller for this one yeah we both watched an entire playthrough of the game by my girlfriend Amy Lee, and occasionally uh, a, playthrough, made... a, a playthrough and a half actually, yeah, and occasionally made suggestions like, "Oh, you should go grab that thing or whatever," yeah. you know, yeah, so yeah, that's about the level of input we had, pretty much. Um, but you know, I've I've experienced the we've both experienced the entire game, mm-hmm. and you know, I obviously I was uh, I was really bracing myself for this not being good, mm-hmm. uh, for this being kind of the expected pile of david cage nonsense <laughs> right right and uh and, you know there is david cage nonsense in this i will not yeah. pretend it does not but it has the it has much less david cage nonsense than i was expecting yeah and definitely the least david cage nonsense uh one has seen in a david cage game it's yeah. not it's not perfect but there is a lot of genuinely compelling stuff in that game 
Yeah. You know, I, 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 I would probably actually recommend this game. I'd, I'd recommend checking it out. There's definitely an extent to which I was kind of blown away by this game. Yeah. I was not expecting to like it anywhere near as much as I did. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's probably the most finely tuned Quantic Dream game that we've had so far. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I would definitely say check it out if, even if you're a little bit intrigued. I think yeah. it'll surprise you. Yeah, like there are problematic elements to this game mm-hmm. but i say overall the game is like 10 to 20 percent problematic yeah there's a lot that it gets right and i think like i i see i see growth on on the side of like the quantic dream writing team you know yeah, they're, like, they're learning and they're getting better at this and i think that should be in, encouraged i was gonna say like like you can tell they're trying you yeah know? they're really trying and yeah. i appreciate that yeah um w- worth worth approaching with a bit of an open mind yeah um but obviously uh, not excusing the stuff that is bad, but I see the potential for this team to learn from the stuff that's bad. Yes, agreed. Uh, Donut County. Yeah. Uh, this this is a cute fucking weird <laughs> puzzle game where you're a hole. Uh, it's kind of like inverted Katamari Damacy. Right. You're like a hole and you gotta get things to fall into the hole and sometimes stuff interacts with the hole in funny ways. Like you can... Uh, you can drop a bonfire into the hole and then use the fire that's in the hole to inflate a hot air balloon. Right. Or you can fill the hole with water and make a duck float in it. Mm-hmm. That's not an actual puzzle. The first one was an actual puzzle. The other puzzle was something I made up. I see. Uh, I like that, though. Yeah. I... Quack, quack. <laughs> floating around. Uh, but it's all wrapped up in a weird, goofy story about a, a raccoon who finds an app that allows him to uh, to control a hole. Right. And he engulfs his entire hometown in the hole and everyone's <laughs> mad at him. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird game. Yeah. Uh, but it's very cute. Very funny. It's got a lot of charm. I liked it. Okay. Here's another game. We both played kind of nonstop for about three weeks and then <laughs> never picked up again. Yeah. Dragalia lost. Yeah. This game has a lot of stuff going for it. I think. Yeah. I think that it's like, it's solidly made. Mm-hmm. It has a pretty entertaining story mode, you know, yeah. like, like a lot of kind of like fantasy tropes and nothing groundbreaking that we haven't seen before, but sure. it's competently written and well acted. And, you know, I was, I was enjoying kind of what I played of it. Really charming cast of characters. Yes. Um, I think that, uh, the, you know, the gameplay itself feels really fluid for mobile. Uh, I think I very quickly got to a point where I stopped like rolling when I didn't want to roll, doing things I didn't want to do. You know, there was definitely a period of time where it felt pretty snappy and intuitive. Yeah. I think the reason that I stopped playing, is that, like, there was this raid event where you had to make characters of a certain element to defeat the boss. Right. Um, and then once that raid event ended, I kind of realized, like, oh, these characters are useless now. Like, <laughs> or at least useless event, until the next, yeah, like, fire raid, yeah. Like, for the next raid event, I'm going to have to raise up, like, a whole new set of characters. Yeah. And then I stopped playing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't no, feel like, like doing that. I, when a game's good, I can tolerate gotcha nonsense, mm-hmm. but... Uh, but gotcha nonsense isn't good. I don't like the that gaming is going in this direction right yeah. now. And and even when I tolerate gotcha nonsense, I can only do it for one mobile game at a time. Uh-huh. And you're uh, ar- you're already eyeball deep in Duel Links. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yu Gi Oh Duel Links is like the free to play mobile game that I that I am devoted to. Yeah. And that was a really that was a really tough almost month where I was juggling both games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've stuck with Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links for as long as I have because, like, uh, the gotcha nonsense is the least gotcha nonsense gotcha nonsense yeah. that, uh, that I've experienced in free-to-play, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like it, it kind of, 
utilizes those mechanics in a very fair way. There's like it's very generous with yeah. the stuff that it gives you and a lot of the random roll mechanics are never truly random. Mm-hmm. You can get booster packs from a box, but the box always has the same set cards in it. Right. So if if you keep drawing from the same box enough, you will get that ultra rare that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You just uh, might not get it right away. Yeah, you might not get it right away, but I I wish more free to play games were like Dual Links, and that includes Regalia Lost. I love that. Like we're like, okay, we're only going to talk about games that are in 2018, and you found a way to talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! Dual Links. <laughs> <laughs> Life hack, baby. Life finds a way. <laughs> Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, Arc System Works makes really good fighting games. They sure do. I, I think that's the best way to put that in a single sentence. Yeah. Right? Yes, we are both disappointed by the roster variety or lack thereof. Daniel's disappointed. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, I uh, like, I don't know. I've played enough Dragon Ball fighting games that I... I had sort of tempered my expectations for this. When we got, like, eight different playable Gokus, right. I was not surprised. I mean, and... I wouldn't say that I've been surprised. I'm right. just disappointed. I, I don't know. I have I guess I've seen it enough that, um, that you know, when, when it happened here, I was like, okay, this again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, still, it's still Namco Bandai that's deciding the roster, so. Right. Like, sometimes our system works gets a lot of freedom to choose uh-huh. its roster, uh, sometimes it doesn't, <laughs> especially with these licensed games. Yeah. So I took some of my disappointment and I turned it into appreciation that Arc System Works managed to take a lot of these samey characters and turn them into such different movesets from each other. Okay. And I guess to be fair in the other direction again, a lot of the variety of these different movesets tend to have less variety than movesets tend to have in any other Arc System Works <laughs> games yeah. because you kind of have to have the laser beams and the, mm-hmm. you know... Can't have Goku without a Kamehameha. Yeah. Gotta have that in there. You know, I'll say, like, I... Obviously, you know, I... There are problems that I have with Dragon Ball Fighters, But there's stuff that I really like about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I love being able to summon Shenlong. Shenlong? The dragon, yeah. Yeah, the dragon. Um, that's always really hype. I think that that's one of the many things that contributes to this game being insanely fun to watch at fighting game tournaments. Oh, yeah. Like, the high-level play in this game is more, like, interesting and more entertaining than most other fighting games that I watch. Yeah, EVO 2018 for Dragon Ball Fighters was really intense Absolutely and really insane. awesome to watch. Yeah. Uh, even without the, the absurd Sonic Fox drama yeah, in that tournament, yeah. Oh, like, yeah, even without that, I thought it was really entertaining. Same. Really, it might have been more entertaining without it, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, that, I think that's a conversation for a different podcast. Yes. A conversation that we've had on a different podcast. Yes. But yeah, I I really like Dragon Ball Fighters. Like I'd be I'd be really happy with a season two of DLC characters that you know that managed to take the more wacky characters in the Dragon Ball franchise and yeah, make them playable. That'd be great. Uh, what I'd really love is that if they just uh, if just Namco Bandai just kept hiring Arc System Works <laughs> to make fighting games out of different animes. Yeah, Naruto fighters. Sign me the fuck up. That'd be cool. My Hero Academia Fighters, sign me the fuck That'd up. That'd be cool. Then combine all those rosters into a Shonen Jump Fighters <laughs> and stick some Hunter x Hunter in there. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, the the football boy from Ice Shield 21. <laughs> uh, and that weird cop uh, that Chubby 
goofy cop man from that manga that's existed since the 60s There's or whatever. Just Daniel veering off into his own like universe <laughs> where where this somehow happens. <laughs> it's the best universe. <laughs> please, please come to this universe with me, Arc System Works and Bandai Namco. Please. That'd be so good. I'd love it. Yeah. Um, but Dragon Ball Fighters is good. Yes. Now, the next game is one of the rare games, I think one of two games on this list, uh, <laughs> that I have played that Daniel has not. True. And uh, this game is Five Nights at Freddy's Ultimate Custom Night, which came out this year. Yeah. Too much fanfare. The kind of main series of Five Nights at Freddy's was over at the time that this game came out. It's kind of a bonus game that was actually released for free. Nice. And the idea is that it's kind of like a kind of like a go out with a bang celebration of the series where you can take almost any of the, you know, creepy animatronic anthropomorphic animal things that are terrorizing you in these games. And uh, you can kind of put them all together in one sort of like mega version of surviving the night. So you can take characters from the first game, the second game, whichever ones you want, and you can adjust their difficulty from one to 20, which kind of influences how active they are and how much they menace you. You can mix and match and uh, kind of customize your own Five Nights at Freddy's experience. They all have these different mechanics you have to deal with. And some of them are really simple, like, oh, he's going to come down the left hall and you have to shut the door, just like in, you know, kind of the first game. (laughs) And then there are these really wild ones, like, uh, you know, this animatronic starts off in your office and it wakes up. And when you see it move, you have to press a button that like shocks it and resets it back to normal (laughs) um or there there are also these really kind of like stupid or goofy ones like this particular animatronic uh will come straight towards you but she hates wet floors so put this wet floor sign over here to stop her from coming into the office (laughs) like it's just you know really runs the gamut right and of course the ultimate challenge in a game like that is having all of the animatronics active at the same time at the highest difficulty, which is called 50-20 mode. Oh, Jesus. Because it's 50 animatronics at 20 difficulty. And there was a race for a while where all these different YouTubers were trying to beat 50-20 mode first. Uh, and some, like, random guy that nobody had ever heard of got it first, but then, like, one after another, people started to get it. Nice. And uh, it was a fun time to be a fan of that franchise. Sounds like it. So I've, I've, I've played the game very little um, because... Funnily enough, like, even though I appreciate that it exists, it actually isn't a very fun game to play. It's kind of really stressful right. uh, when you add all that stuff together. But I, I just love that it's there, and it's got a lot of kind of, like, fan service and, like, fun content. No, that's... And uh, so I, you know, I, I I enjoyed the game on the whole. That's really cool. I, I love that it's kind of like... It's kind of like a fighting game version select <laughs> mode, but with a horror game? Pretty much, yeah. It's that's, really wild. Yeah, that's really great. Okay, so up next, Forza Horizon 4. This is a racing game, which neither of us are really into. Yeah. But uh, it was a Xbox Game Pass game, which I'm subscribed to. Mm-hmm. So I figured I'd branch out a little and give it a shot. Sure. And I spent, like, the first two hours of this just getting used to the racing mechanics. <laughs> like, uh, trying to, like, get the handling of the car ride and all that. Yeah, definitely, like, much more realistic kind of physics than, you know, most racing games we play, which is shit like Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, that's fair. Uh, Yeah, there was definitely an adjustment period, but, uh, you know, there's no denying that this game is very well made. Yes. And incredibly gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Wow, this is a fucking good-looking game. Um, Real good-looking, like, Mm -hmm. and it, it, like, Forza Horizon has this whole thing where it, it, like, goes through each season, and I played through spring, and I played a bunch of summer 
and yeah, it's it's really cool, like the differences between the seasons, mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of like it's almost like a free roaming racing game. Yeah, yeah, like where you can drive around and do all these different challenges. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, kind of the standout thing was one of the challenges. One of the challenges you can do is you're sort of filling in for a stunt driver. Yeah, uh, and so you have to like drive around, and then like there's a helicopter overhead, and there's like explosions and stuff happening. Yeah, you have to kind of like time it right so they get the shot. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was the absolute coolest. Um, I I picked up the game in the first place because uh, I remember them advertising at E3 that like. Once you get to a certain point, you can just enter kind of this seamless online world where all these other cars uh, driving uh, across this open world are all other players. And right. You can, and you can drive with them and interact with them and race against them mm-hmm. and do all this fun car stuff. And uh, I was kind of assuming that uh, that you'd be able to voice chat with the <laughs> with any other cars that you bumped into, kind of like in Sea of Thieves where you can just voice mm-hmm. chat with whatever pirate crew you end up with and uh i'll talk about sea of thieves in a bit <laughs> uh but i was kind of hoping that i could just drive up to any car and be like hey i'm lightning mcqueen ka-chow <laughs> this is what playing video games with daniel is like a hundred percent of the time <laughs> uh, but when i realized that i couldn't really do that as easily as i wanted i stopped playing but the game's really good. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, Forza Horizon is pretty cool, even if you can't uh, role play Pixar's <laughs> cars with unconsenting uh, people, strangers online. Did- <laughs> Yesterday, I finally got Daniel to start playing Tactics Ogre, which is my favorite video game of all time. Probably, um, he'd actually played it before, uh, but yeah. he was restarting his file. And there's a part where you can name the order of knights that you run. And he named it Dog Fans. So it was the or like like he names it and then the guy who asked you to name it is like, ah, oh, the Order of Dog Fans, a fine name. And so then like all the people are like, Oh, I'd like to join the Order of Dog Fans. And uh, that's just what playing games with Daniel is like. I mean it's perfect. Who like can you tell me that anyone that joined my order was not a dog fan? I was I mean, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I I highly doubt it. Anyway, did like Forza Horizon 4. Yeah. Next game, Indie Pogo. Yeah. Uh, one fun thing that I've enjoyed doing these past couple years is I really love Smash Bros. And it's been really cool to see all these indie games try to make their own spin on the Smash Bros. formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rivals of Ether, I think, is a very successful take on that. Probably the most successful, in my opinion. Probably still one of my favorites, yeah. Yeah. And actually, there's another game I play later that I that I really enjoyed its take on Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indie Pogo, though, I really like because it takes it, it takes a lot of the appeal, a, a lot of things that people enjoy about Smash Bros, uh-huh. but makes it a completely different experience. Right. Um. And and they actually make it so different that that I see it being really divisive for a lot of people. Uh, yeah, be- because, I, I for one was not a fan. Yeah, uh, because really, like, I, I guess to really enjoy it, you have to be down for the primary mechanic, and the mechanic is you are always jumping and you can't stop. <laughs> yeah. And the goal is to sort of, is to sort of maneuver your jump so that you're bouncing on top of your opponents. Right. And, like, chaining up, like, jump combos, basically. And you have special moves to facilitate that, and... uh um, and the cast is all characters from other indie games, mm-hmm. uh, and they got some pretty like they got some pretty major indie games yeah. for it too. Uh, 
Uh, you got Shovel Knight from uh-huh. Shovel Knight. You got uh, the the protagonist from Downwell. I think his name's Well Taro. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Although, like at this point, having the having Shovel Knight in your game. It's like saying, like, I got a lamp in my house. Like, of course you do. <laughs> They're in every house. <laughs> He's in every game. <laughs> Shovel Knight is in a lot of games, but if, but they generally don't let Shovel Knight be in a game that isn't good. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. Um, like, Shovel Knight is kind of like an indie stamp of approval, right. you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. the Lilac from Freedom Planet, um, some, a lot of, like, minor indie characters that i never heard of too like shutsumi like this this fish with like a shotgun and a cigar <laughs> hanging out of his mouth uh, um zorby or zombie uh, zorby like this weird man with a green mustache and an axe right uh oh or Kane from rivals of ether mm-hmm. um and i yeah, feel like there's, uh, yeah there's like a healthy amount of characters in the game yeah telsagrad yeah like it's it's a it's a good cast it's School cast and all their movesets are really well implemented, I think. Mm-hmm. And they've been updating the game, and they're they're adding like several DLC characters, like Kick from Dive Kick uh, and Azure Striker Gunvolt. It's got a lot going on that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, not everything about it is stuff that I really enjoy, but I I ended up enjoying the <laughs> the main fighting mechanic a lot more than I was expecting. And I think Sean, that you might too, if you gave it a chance. Like I, like I played it for like half an hour in front of Sean, and I'm like, "You want to play?" And he's like, "I'll pass." <laughs> and from an observer standpoint, I actually get where he's coming from. Okay, but I, I think it's one of those games where if you're holding it in your hands and you're playing it, it clicks a little more than if you're watching. Mm, I think you're wrong. <laughs> of course fine. you do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's my take on Indie Pogo. Okay. At least here's a game we can have a consensus on. Yes. Into, Into the, the Breach. Into the Breach is really fucking good. Oh, it's so good. We we did an entire podcast episode about it. Yeah. Uh you can, you can listen to that for our in-depth uh our in-depth impressions. impressions. But suffice it to say, we enjoyed it very much. It's an incredible take on the uh tactics. Yeah. RPG genre. Almost a deconstruction of it in some ways. Yeah, I, I think we mentioned that, yeah. yeah. Um, and just bring so many cool new things to the genre. Yeah. Um, if that's your bag, like if you like, for instance, like Advance Wars. Oh, yeah. I think you will love this game. Yeah, no, love love the aesthetic, love the soundtrack, love, love that game. It's yeah. real good. Yeah, for sure. Here's a game that I played, it's called Jimmy and the Pulsating Mass. Which I think wins our list for least attractive title. (laughs) Least attractive title. Uh, It's a game made in RPG Maker, and it's one of those games that when you start it up, uh, feels uncomfortably close (laughs) to that Earthbound aesthetic. Yeah, very derivative. Yeah, uh, kind of like Undertale at the start. Uh Um, But like Undertale, it does branch out and do its own thing early-ish in the game. I'd you know I'd say that Undertale is a better game than what I've played at Jimmy and the Pulsating Mass. Mm-hmm. But first of all, I haven't finished Jimmy and the Pulsating Mass. It could really get good. Sure. But uh, I have seen the ways. I've been starting to see the ways in which Jimmy and the Pulsating Mass becomes different, and it's a really interesting take. It's really cool. I like a lot of Jimmy and the Pulsating Mass's like new mechanics. Sure. And you know, it was recommended to me by Tommy, my good friend Tommy, and I think it was a really good recommendation. I would like to note for Tommy, if he's listening, that I played 
at least six hours of that game. So, you know, if you really appreciate that, you could try playing <laughs> at least six hours of 428 should be a scramble. You're like that with <laughs> shit, though. Like, you know, Daniel and I have been friends since I was 14. Yeah. Uh, we started hanging out together kind of like, like, as opposed to hanging out together in a big group of friends. When I was in college, I think, was kind of when we started doing that. Um, I, I think a little earlier. I think I was in college. Okay. And you yeah, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you were like junior, senior year of high school. But I, I, I remember that, you know, uh, at a relatively early point in our, in that kind of stage of our relationship, I was uh, talking on Facebook about, um, what I thought about like the various programming on MTV because uh, my roommate watched MTV all the time in college. Right. And um, I was mostly trashing it, stuff like The Hills, like stuff that I was Oh, yeah, really sure, into. sure. Uh, but then I got to Robin Big, which is this hilarious uh, TV show that they had featuring the skateboarder Rob Deerdeck. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Christopher Big, Big Black. Black Boy again. Yeah. yeah. And I thought it was really funny. And so Daniel commented on the post, like, oh, like I'll have to give Robin Big a shot. And I figured at the time that it was like, you know, how you say, like, oh, yeah, I'll totally watch that. And then you don't, you know, <laughs> that's kind of how most people operate. But then I went over to Daniel's house and he was like, so I bought the box set of Robin Big. <laughs> I was like, you, you did what? You did fucking what? Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm done with the second season. Yeah, right, yeah. He's like, you want to watch some episodes with me? I was like, sure. <laughs> Am I in like Bizarro Land? No one has ever done this. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's just like, if you recommend something to Daniel, he takes it pretty seriously and yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I generally like, especially with my group of friends, I generally think that if something's being recommended to me, it's for a good reason. Right. So I, I do try to give it a shot. And if I don't, it's usually because I, my backlog is the size of a Texas. fucking dinosaur yeah. and, uh, and like, I don't have the time to slot into it. But, like, generally, if something gets recommended to me, I will get to it eventually. Okay. Even if it's ten years from now, I will get to it. <laughs> right. Um, like, uh, like here like here I am now, in late 2018, giving Tactics Ogre another <laughs> shot. You know, I, Which I appreciate. Yeah, I, I, do, I do try. I do yeah. try. But, yeah, I, Jimmy the Pulsating Mass is really cool. I was just Josh and Tommy, no pressure on that 428 thing. <laughs> but it is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kirby Star Allies. Yeah. A Kirby game for the Switch. I played through this uh, with my girlfriend, Amy Lee, and uh, Max and his wife joined us for an episode of Play This, where we talked about that. Right. Uh, really cute Kirby game. I yeah. think it was a good Kirby game for Amy to play through for the first time. Um, Amy had never really played all the way through a Kirby game before this. Right. And, uh, and I think she had a good time with Star Allies. Mm -hmm. Uh I don't think it's the best Kirby game, but I think it's got a lot of really great, really adorable stuff going for it. I do love the Dream Friends mechanic. Yes. And uh, and the way you combine powers is cool. Yeah. No, I think it's a really solid entry in the Kirby franchise, for sure. Nice. The Longest Five Minutes. Uh, this is a game where I absolutely fucking loved the premise. The okay. premise is that you start the game. Uh, this is like a turn-based, old-school JRPG with like that eight bit sprite aesthetic where you start the game at the final boss. Right. Uh and you have amnesia. And then your party members kind of kind of say keywords and stuff to refresh your memory. And as your memory gets refreshed, you flash back to the earlier parts of the game and play mm -hmm. through those parts. Boy, reading that on paper, I was like, 
this is one of my most anticipated games of the year. <laughs> that sounds really cool. Yeah, it it was kind of boring and shitty, actually. <laughs> like once you get past that, you know that conceit that you start the game at the final boss, mm-hmm. which by the way has like a really awesomely rendered like yeah. sprite and shit. Uh, once you get past that bit, it's just a regular. It's just it's just Dragon Quest One. Like you know, and what's funny, like at least from my perspective, because I was watching you play a bit of it, is that. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's just a really basic RPG, but also because you're kind of traveling back and forth through time and your memories, it takes away like the most important part of an RPG for me, which is like progression, (laughs) right? Like you start off and you're kind of in the beginning and then at one point you flash forward to like a later time and your character has like leveled up a bunch because it's like in the future. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, I don't get to make that progress myself. It's just made for me because I'm jumping around. Right. So, like, you don't even have the satisfaction of kind of, you know, improving your character over the long term. It's like they somehow they took this premise and instead of doing it in a cool way, they used it to just rob you of having a good RPG experience. It's <laughs> yeah. incredible, actually, how they managed <laughs> to pull that off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, boy, that that was a letdown. Yeah. Minute. Uh, M- <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, M I N I T uh, is this cute little like black and white, eight uh, bit ish uh, Zelda two D Zelda inspired game mm-hmm. with a fun twist. Uh, the sword you find at the beginning of the game is cursed right. and makes you only alive for a minute at a time. <laughs> uh, if like at the end of each minute you collapse and you wake back up at home. And you have another minute to progress through the game in any way you can. And uh, with this like kind of basic twist, they do a lot of fun, cool stuff. The game's really charming. I I was I was really into it. I was very charmed by it. Very engaged. Um, I I beat it in like less than two hours. But it was really really fun. I liked it a lot. The game's cool. like 10 bucks. <laughs> like it's so worth it. It's it's really worth it. I just like to say that as Daniel is saying all of this, he was like raising his arms higher and higher over his head <laughs> as though like his level of enjoyment of the game was filling up in an invisible way. And so uh now you know that too and you know how much he likes minute. Oh, this is good. I love Hi. it. Oh, my arms <laughs> are stretching to the ceiling. Ooh-hoo. I'm Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> Where are you, Ben Grimm? Anyway, the next game <laughs> on our list is another game that I exclusively have played. Oh, yes. And that's Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Now, I've played, of course, the original Monster Hunter Generations, which is this really interesting spin off in the Monster Hunter franchise uh, that a lot of the fans call like anime Monster Hunter right. because of how kind of like how much the visuals pop and how there are these extra effects and how the kind of move sets for each hunter depending on which hunter style you choose to equip can just get really like dramatic and kind of bombastic and cool and uh, monster hunter generations ultimate is uh you know it's essentially that game but on the switch with twice as much content yeah uh there's loads of new monsters there's a new difficulty that you can progress to uh, and there's new hunting styles, uh, which I think I've talked about on another one of our podcasts. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and basically all in all, it's, I mean, it's just Monster Hunter Generations, but better. It fixes a lot of the problems that people had with the original Monster Hunter Generations. And so, uh, you know, 
if you're if you played through generations particularly like if you have some monster hunter experience if you had monster hunter experience prior to world which introduced a lot of quality of life stuff that generation ultimate doesn't have right then definitely give this game a shot if you are coming to generations ultimate because you've played a lot of world and you're looking for more monster hunter definitely do some research first and see if the game is right for you yeah yeah i think that's a good call Speaking of Monster Hunter World, that's the next game alphabetically on the list. Let's talk about it. (laughs) I mean, we did for hours. Forever! In a a previous episode. For the rest of the podcast. (laughs) We're stopping at M. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we we, we don't don't need to go into details, obviously. Yeah, we we played this for an episode of Play This. Me, Max, and Sean. Was Colin there? No, he wasn't. No. And, you know, we all had a pretty good time with it. I initially was really salty about the way that uh, once Sean and Max got ahead of me, I couldn't really play the game with them. Right. Uh, you know, unless they they felt like going backwards to play with me. And, you know, sometimes they were in the middle of being ahead of me, and that's, you know, that it's hard to blame them for that. So, like, you know, here I was playing this uh this multiplayer game by myself it made me very grumpy but once i caught up which was a grueling experience <laughs> to, to to be fair to the whole thing uh-huh. like that sucked having to catch up sure um by myself but once i got there the game the game is generally incredibly enjoyable with friends yeah uh like the the experience of like you and like like three or four yeah up to four people all together okay yeah you like the experience of you and three other friends just like all taking down this monster together each mm-hmm. with your different skill sets and like synergizing in really cool ways uh yeah really satisfying i this was my first like real monster hunter game the first game i put real like effort and time into right in the franchise and uh and this game definitely sold the appeal of the franchise to me yeah uh i i do gotta give it props there um i think that you know like the other monster hunter games it's definitely best as a multiplayer game for sure yeah like there are a lot of fans maybe not a lot of fans but you know there are people who enjoy the franchise who are like i don't know i like doing solo hunts and like you know it's fine if you do but i don't understand (laughs) yeah same (laughs) same god like again game was really fun in multiplayer yeah uh playing by myself sucked that <laughs> like actually this is this is probably the most disparate experiences i've had <laughs> between single player and multiplayer okay you know yeah. like usually like a multiplayer experience is like cool like i get the fun that i've already been having of the single player experience but now i get to do it with friends right and this like multiplayer really feels like the point yeah you know uh like I, I, I guess the most disparate experience I've had, like outside of an MMO, right, 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 yeah, yeah, I get you there. But yeah, that that said, Monster Hunter World really is quality. It's cool that they're constantly updating the game. Mm-hmm. I kind of dropped it not too long after we did the episode, right? But I do still respect it, and I could see myself picking up a Monster Hunter World too. I'm glad you. Um, I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I really hope that a Monster Hunter World two, uh, makes seamless multiplayer more of a priority yes and comes out for the switch yeah 
Oh, yeah, that'd be dope. Well, it yeah. probably won't be called Monster Hunter World 2. Uh, they yeah. have a weird trademark thing going, right. I think. Monster Hunter Swirl. You made that joke. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Monster Hunter Swirled. Woo. Uh, yeah, Monster Hunter 5, I hope. Right. Uh, does a lot of Monster Hunter World shit. Me too. Uh, anyway, uh, the third game that starts with Monster on the list, Monster Prom. Yeah, this uh, is a cool-ass game. Yeah, it's really great. So Monster Prom is like, what if, what if you combined mario party and a dating sim (laughs) it's a multiplayer dating sim where you and the other players like each make a monster um attending uh either this high school or this college or monsters the game makes it clear that you are adults right and basically like like individually you each kind of try to uh win uh, a monster student at that school's affections right. and ask them to the monster prom at the end. You can almost play this like a single player game where you all take turns, like trying to date a different monster, mm-hmm. or you can play this like a, a brutally competitive <laughs> multiplayer game where you both want to date the same monster and you're right. just sabotaging each other. Uh, <laughs> Which is a cool way to do a dating sim. Oh yeah. Like it's the game also has excellent art. Uh, like, I really like the art style, I really like the character designs, like, you know, there's, like, this cool, like, edgy demon boy, there's, uh, there's, like, uh, like, an adorable, like, werewolf, uh, football <laughs> quarterback, there's, I really like, like, there's, the, like, a the, nerdy like, vampire boy. I like the preppy mermaid girl. Oh, yeah, oh, she was great, yeah, yeah I think she was the first funny. one, the first one I tried to date, and she, she was basically, like, uh, like Mermaid Starfire and yeah, yeah. Uh, Rich Mermaid Starfire. Yes. And how can you go wrong with that shit? <laughs> um, I, you know, I've, I've mentioned this game before, and each time I do like to warn that the dialogue is like super adult, yes. very raunchy. Yeah. Not nothing like ex- explicit like happens in the game like visually, but mm-hmm. like there's, it's not just swears like you yeah. know there's. The dialogue can be very smutty sometimes. Yes. Um. Um. I. I would say that I. I remember in general them doing a pretty job, a pretty good job of not making it like offensive in the sense that they're, that they're like ragging on or denigrating a particular sex or sexual oh, preference or oh, anything like that. Oh no, no. Like uh, yeah. the, the game's actually pretty progressive. You can right, exactly. You can play the game as any any gender you like and date any character you like regardless of your gender. Yeah, which is uh, great. Yeah, really great. Um. I, I just only bring up that warning because on the surface this looks like maybe like uh like a fun wacky little yeah. game to buy for your twelve year old. Don't no yeah don't you, buy it for like, your twelve year old. You might watch the trailer and think it's PG thirteen, but it's R. Yeah, you know <laughs> yeah no yeah it's, it's like nineties R, not like R now where you go to see it and you're like that could have been PG thirteen. Right yeah <laughs> no it's um really just to the point. Uh, sexually charged dialogue. Yes. Um, so just keep that in mind if you're looking at it and think it'd be fun to get for your nephew or whatever. Right. Um, take a closer look at it before you do that. Yes. Had a lot of fun with it, though. Yeah. Good experience. Cool game. Yeah. Cool game. The Nintendo Labo Variety Kit. Yeah. Uh, so I am a fan of when video game companies experiment. He is. When they try new things, I want to be in the front line for that. He does. So when the Nintendo Labo was like, hey, we make you build things out of cardboard, and then you get to have incredibly unique video game experiences with your cardboard toys that you made, I was like, wow, yeah, let's do it. 
He did. <laughs> and I did. I actually bought both the variety kit and the robot kit, and I built about half the toys in the variety kit before I got burned out and I gave up. Right. But I, I built the house, and I built the bike, and uh, I think like a third easy thing. Right. And uh, I liked, like, like, the experience was actually really cool. Build, like, building the house, like put the switch inside the house and you like have a little virtual pet right and like you you put switches inside the house and you like you can twist a knob and push a button and if you put m- multiple of those things in the house at the same time it sort of changes the things you can do like you can you can put like the knob and the button in at the same time and then like the house like puts a steer like a like a hamster wheel in it where you can mm-hmm. sort of like crank the hamster wheel and like press the button that I don't know, make it honk. I I definitely like I can I can really <laughs> make the vivid- hamster wheel honk. <laughs> this is a bad example anyway, go on. Um I can really vividly remember like watching you fuck around with this and thinking to myself like I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. Which is cool. That's a cool experience yeah. to have when you're playing a video game. No, it's really awesome and uh yeah, I I love this project. I think it's really excellent. Mhm devoting like you know like some of these things took me four plus hours to build right and that's why i haven't even opened the robot kit yet because (laughs) that's that's a daunting Mm -hmm. uh that's intimidating as hell yeah uh, the time that it would take me to build that and uh you know also the slight anxiety that i might fuck it up and have like an 80 dollar brick on my hands (laughs) uh i do want to I do want to point out that that's probably an irrational anxiety mm-hmm. because the cardboard's incredibly well built. Yeah, uh, you'd have to fuck up kind of spectacularly <laughs> uh, to to kind of ruin your cardboard. But I, yeah, no, I I think the experiment was very much worth it. Uh, I feel a little bad that I didn't get the the third vehicle kit because I I feel uh, much less people got it. Period. Mm, right, and that uh. The Labo Initiative might not quite be paying off for Nintendo after all. Sure. But who knows? Uh, school season, there's still plenty of opportunities for classrooms to get the shit and for, That's true. And for it to take off more. Yeah, I, I like the Labo. I think it's cool. I'm glad it happened. Nice. Octopath Traveler. Yeah. RPG that's very heavily inspired by the old school, but sort of brings some contemporary stuff into it. Mm-hmm. And gave me kind of a live alive vibe, yeah, for uh, sure. Which is an RPG that I really love, even though I know that more of its influence comes from games like the Saga franchise, right? Uh, no, Octopath Traveler is cool. It it is cool. I think there's definitely an extent to which, like, the more I played it, the more the experience kind of fell apart for me a little bit. Yeah, and it's kind of funny. Like, while I was actively playing it, I loved it. I'm like. This game is so good, and Uh everything about it is right, and it clicked. Uh, Once I stopped playing it for about a week, I realized that my desire to go back to it wasn't really there. (laughs) It's kind of like the Smallville experience. (laughs) I've mentioned, like, multiple times that that I... That for, like, five-month period, I binged the first four seasons of Smallville that were available, Mm -hmm. thought, man, this is the best fucking show ever, I'm going to I'm going to introduce it to my friend Colin and binge it with him. I'm going to introduce it to my mom and binge it with her. Right. Uh, and and like I I watched the entire show up to that point like three or four times while I was waiting for season five to come out. And then and then there was a month between that and season five actually coming out where I didn't watch it. 
And then season five came out, and I went, oh, wait, this show's bad. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I never watched another episode of Smallville. And uh, to be clear, I I don't think that Oxpath Traveler is as bad as Smallville. Uh, no, I, I don't think that either. Yeah. I don't think that either. However, you know, there there's definitely some things about, like, you know, uh, I think that, uh, for instance, the way that character progression works it feels kind of odd and dated. Like, the fact that, you know, only people who are in your party are getting experience means that, like, there's a lot of grinding involved if you want to switch up the characters in your party. I think that uh, the nature of the game where you're kind of going around these different sort of flashpoints and doing story segments, it sort of becomes this thing where, like, you have to use all your characters, but they're not gaining experience. So you have, like, three characters that are really good and one character that you're carrying, but it's their story. So it feels weird that they're contributing so little. You know, like, there's yeah. there's just kind of a lot of things about the structure yeah, I guess the game just has a lot of structural elements to it that I wish had been thought through a little more when you consider how you're meant to progress through the story. Yeah. That's kind of where I lost interest after a while. I was like, I don't feel like doing this kind of pattern anymore. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Uh, it's, it's funny that there's a cool variety of, of stories and experiences, but in a way it also felt really repetitive sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, like, there's this really neat chapter when you're playing as the warrior, Orin, or Ulbrich, or whatever his Ulbrich. name is. Ulbrich. Um, where you're, like, and you enter an arena competition, and you're, like, Wh- which is Which is a trope we're both suckers for. I mean, yes, but at the same time, like, the structure of it was just so different from the other things that I'd been doing. Yeah. That I thought it was so cool. And then, like, every other thing that I had done up to that point, and every other thing I did after was, like, you get to town oh no, something's happened in the town that means you have to go to a dungeon. You go to a dungeon, defeat the boss, you come back, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, like, this arena trope that I love, but that I've been exposed to dozens of times, felt so fresh because the rest of the game felt so stale uh, that, uh, you know, that's kind of another thing. Yeah, I get where you're coming from there. It was nice to play a game with a really cool battle system yes. and, and a really cool class system. Oh, yeah. And, like, even though the story was, even though the narrative was a little tedious and a little repetitive sometimes, it was cool to just play that kind of RPG for a while. Yeah. So I don't really regret that, and I, I think it is still a fairly high-quality experience that I had this year. Yeah, like, I'm I'm glad I played it, you know? Yeah. I don't regret buying it, Um, and I'm excited to see what those guys do next. Yeah, same. Oh, man. An Octopath Traveler 2 could be so good. Oh, yeah. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. You will literally see (laughs) an episode where me, Sean, and my girlfriend Amy Lee talk about both games in incredible depth. Yeah, so look forward to that, but in the meantime, we've already played it. Don't suggest it to us. Yeah, not, not eligible. You'll get more details in the near future. Yeah. Rain Man. R-E-I-G-N Man. This is not an adaptation of the Dustin Hoffman film. Although I would play that just to see what the fuck is going on there. That's true. (laughs) Or maybe, maybe I wouldn't. I'd like, I'd be like, ooh, ooh, and then I'd read a review to see (laughs) how well they handle that. Yeah, I was going to say, that that depends on a lot of factors. Yeah, no, like I, (laughs) if, if there's a, if there's like a big flashing light, over like the the game and its concept that's like this is gonna have problems <laughs> i'm not gonna be like let me jump in the driver's seat <laughs> right yeah 
Um, but what do you think about Rain Man with an E and a G in it? <laughs> uh, Rain Man is like this mobile game, and it's this neat RPG puzzle hybrid with kind of roguelike elements. Each run of the game, you collect these characters that join your party, and then in each combat, quote-unquote, you kind of put them on this grid and, like, slide them around and bump them into enemy tiles. And if you bump into them, you do damage to them. If they bump into you, they do damage to you. Right. And all your tiles, your character tiles kind of have their own individual abilities. Some do, like, counterattacks. Some can cast spells. And, uh... It was really neat. I I played it for like two or three weeks straight, just kind of enjoying the the main gameplay loop of that. It's it's pretty it's pretty well built. It's got a cute aesthetic. You know, it's like three bucks, and it has a little more than the amount of substance that you'd expect for that price. Okay, uh, but not a lot more. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's a fun little mobile game. All right, and, cool. Uh, yeah, that's how I'd put that. Sea of Thieves. Arr. Uh, sea of Thieves is a Xbox One game developed by Rare, one of the first like real video games that Rare has developed in a really long time. Right, and the the game is decent, mm-hmm. uh, but it probably has had one of my favorite video game experiences of the year. <laughs> first, I had a really bad experience with it where uh, where I couldn't get my mic to work. Uh, so I had trouble communicating right. with the rest of my party, and they, and I annoyed them so much because I didn't know what I was doing. There wasn't really a tutorial. Mm-hmm. I annoyed them so much that that at one point I couldn't figure out where to put the treasure that we had collected, and one of my teammates just goes, "Jesus Christ!" under his breath, mm-hmm. and the other teammate goes, "Lay off, man. He's just a kid." <laughs> <laughs> Leave this nine-year-old we're playing with alone. Right. So I got embarrassed and left. The The experience I had after that, though, after I was able to collect my mic and learn a little bit more about the game, like, I was playing with this team, and this guy is kind of calling all the shots, and he keeps killing us, basically. Right. So I staged a mutiny <laughs> in-game where, like, he accidentally locked himself in the brig, and uh, and he's like, hey, hey, vote to get me out of the brig, please. And I look at him and I go, I'm sorry, this is my ship now. <laughs> <laughs> and me and the other two, like, uh, like I, I managed to get uh, another, like, ship mate, right. like, on my side. So it was the two of us kind of, like, commandeering the ship while the the other guy eventually busted out and right. he and the other guy kind of murdered me um and then we you know kept playing together uh, until he wrecked the ship and i was like you know if you had stuck to my mutiny we'd still have a ship <laughs> and you could just hear like this dejected sigh from the guy that i'm putting through all this um usually i'm not a stupid asshole in video games but like that game feels like it's built for that. Yeah, and and this is kind of the context where like this, I I wasn't like actually being an awful person to like like these other three guys. We were all actually having fun with it. Like right. the, the guy, uh, the the guy was a really good sport. We all had fun. Yeah. Um. I I don't think I would ever generally enjoy a situation where I'm r- legitimately ruining the experience for another person. Right. Right. Um. But since I wasn't, it was really funny. <laughs> Yeah. Um so no, see see these is is fun. It is kind of built for like just wacky pirate shenanigans. Right. right. Yeah. 
That that was my first video game mutiny, and I think it went very well. Yeah. Slap City. Me slapping. <laughs> Thank you. It's actually me clapping. This is me slapping. Slap City <laughs> uh, is another kind of Smash-ish game where Rivals kind of takes a lot of inspiration from Melee and Brawl, and uh, Indie Pogo just kind of does whatever the fuck it wants. Mm-hmm. Slap City is taking a lot of inspiration from Smash Bros. 64 instead. Right. Kind of kind of slower, more methodical. Hits feel heavier. Mm-hmm. Um, character movesets are a bit more simple. Uh, but also have substance to them. Yeah. And uh and good game, you know, like well well built game, I think. Mm-hmm. Um the cast of characters is all from uh a single developer called Ludosity. Right. Uh and they've done stuff like It'll Do and Card City Knights. Like if you pay kind of attention to the indie scene, you've probably heard of at least one of their games without maybe realizing it was them. Yeah. There is definitely still an extent though to which it feels like like yeah, we decided to make a Smash clone out of with all characters from Crocodile Dundee. You know, <laughs> like, like 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 who? Um. It, it kind of reminds me of this old Penny Arcade comic that uh, got made when uh, Marvel Nemesis: Rise of the Imperfects was first announced, right. but not the details behind it. Basically, just like uh, uh, yeah, instead of doing another Marvel versus Capcom game, Marvel gave. Uh, fighting game license rights to Electronic Arts, and Marvel and Electronic Arts are going to collaborate on a fighting game together. <laughs> uh, and there's there's just this Penny Arcade comic where they're talking about it, and it's like, it's like, sure, Wolverine's going to be great, but are you pumped for John Madden? I can't wait to play as a car. Oh yeah, car's going to be sick. <laughs> uh, and you know that I that joke isn't too far off from sort of the Ludosity thing. <laughs> right, But I right. do think Ludosity has kind of a fun stable of characters, actually. No, yeah, like, I, I think they're cool. It's just that, like, you know, um, I, uh, when I was kind of watching you play a lot of Slap City, was unfamiliar with 99% of the cast. Right. Uh, so it depends on, you know, how much you played of Ludosity's library. But even if you are not familiar with the characters in the game, it's still a really interesting and quirky Smash clone that's worth checking out. Agreed. Soul Calibur Six. We just did an episode on this. It was disappointing. I <laughs> yeah. mean, the episode was great. The game was disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> the episode was top notch. Hey. Yeah, no, uh, game game was a very underwhelming experience. You can definitely catch more details in our Soul Calibur Six episode. So many more details. Uh <laughs> But yeah, we've played it. Don't recommend it to us. We really don't want to play it twice. No. <laughs> That's maybe a little mean to Soul Calibur Six. Yeah. It's, it's not a bad game. No. You might really like it. Yeah. Uh, but we we were not impressed. It was kind of a chore for me to play as much as I played of it, and I didn't even play as much of it as I do for like other games for the podcast. Yeah. So yeah. Take make of that what you will. Uh here's a game that was not a chore, Spider Man. Yeah. Although this is a game that we have, like, talked about a lot yeah. on various podcasts and, like, revisited several times. Yeah. So, like, not too much to say without retreading a lot of old ground yeah. and making this surprisingly long episode even longer. <laughs> uh, um, so, you know, just, it's it's fucking good. It's really good. Uh, the DLC isn't quite as good, but the game is still a great experience that yeah. we really enjoyed in 2018. Yes, agreed. 
Uh, Sushi Striker. Woo! Uh, Have some tuna. You know, I, I kind of forgot about Sushi Striker over the, the course of the last half year. Well, we've, you've, you have played a lot of games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've played a whole lot of games, but I think it's a little unfair to Sushi Striker that I kind of forgot about it, because it's a very unique, very quirky experience. It's cool. A uh, really cool action puzzle game where you just eat sushi and throw... Uh, you eat sushi off of a conveyor belt by right. connecting all the sushis and then throwing stacks of plates at your opponent. Uh, it's got just this amazing <laughs> over-the-top anime storyline. Yeah. Where you're, like, fr- living in a dystopia where yeah. there's no sushi. You're living in a dystopia where eating sushi is illegal. Right, right. Yeah, there is sushi. It's created by mystical creatures known as sushi sprites. Yeah. Uh, but the Empire is not allowing <laughs> the common man to eat sushi. And you are part of the resistance. Oh, I love this game. It's like they it's like they came up with the game mechanics and they were like, Man, who should we get to write this story? Hideo Kojima. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like who should we get to write this story? Daniel Thorison. <laughs> maybe, or, or like like if you and Yasumi Matsuno did the fusion dance. <laughs> that's that's really good. I like that. Yeah. Uh, no, it hits my buttons in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and you hit its buttons to play it. Yeah, sure. Hey. <laughs> I, I like it a lot. I think the game's pretty underrated. I do understand why people don't want to pay $50 for the Switch version. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's a better value at 30 or $40. Yeah. And maybe pick it up if you see it at that price. Ultra Space Battle Brawl. Pew, pew. Uh... Yeah, I I played this game a decent deal. It's kind of like Pong if Pong got turned into a fighting game with super moves and kind of this cool little sprite aesthetic. Right. Uh, yeah, I was I was surprisingly charmed by this game, but there's not much more to say about it other than the one sentence I just said. Yeah, it's it's got a decent amount of personality. It's a game that both doesn't do much more than it says on the tin, but also had more depth for what it does okay. than I was expecting. Like. Uh, like it, it manages to like hit a lot of those uh fighting game mind game buttons and uh it, it's funny how it's basically just pong it adds super moves like each character kind of has different like pong stats some people can hit faster and harder some people can move across the board faster right um but uh, it's funny how much depth they managed to get the pong experience and uh, they gave this goofy little story to it and i uh yeah i i really appreciate it i got it on sale for like 9 bucks or something that was worth it that was worth it cool Finally. Last and least. That's not true. No. <laughs> <laughs> Last and certainly not yeah, least. Yeah, certainly not least. WarioWare Gold. Uh, I fucking love the WarioWare franchise. It does. Uh, it's just a blast to play. I also love it, incidentally. I think yeah. it's great. Yeah, no, it's just it's just such a great experience. Like, getting to play a bunch of very condensed minigames back-to-back in, like, these packages that are each their own levels uh no one else is doing it yeah and it's a really great gameplay conceit and i there isn't a warrior game that i haven't enjoyed yeah i you know i i guess i wish that war like warrior gold is a good compilation it has a decent amount of new stuff that i really enjoyed Mm -hmm. a lot of it (laughs) for the first time it has full voice acting (laughs) and it's both really bizarre and really heartwarming (laughs) to see Charles Martinet just bust out full lines <laughs> for Wario, and also the rest of the cast does great. Right. Uh, also, a great side feature is that you can dub all the cutscenes in the game with your own voice using the 3DS <laughs> microphone. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad to see WarioWare again. 
I hope that game did well enough that we see a new WarioWare with new micro games for the Switch. That'd be the dream. I love that for WarioWare Gold, they included all these features that almost remind me of Game Boy Camera, which is, of yeah. course, the same people, right? Right, right. Um, you know, like, uh, of course, in Game Boy, with Game Boy Camera, you could take pictures with the camera. Yeah. Um, and I did. Actually, there, somewhere in my parents' house, there's a Game Boy Camera cartridge that has pictures of, like, the fish at Moat Marine Aquarium, because that's Aww. what I was doing when I was, like, 10. I, I wonder if the battery on that... Oh, almost certainly. Yeah. 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 So, so at one time there was. Yeah. Um, but then you also have, like, all those wacky mini games and crazy features, and it's just cool that they kind of live on. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Whoo, okay. That's... Oh, my God. That's all of them. We... God, we, we always have so much to say about fucking video games. Yeah. But anyway, now you have full context for all the games that we've played yes. this year. Uh, if you see a game that you want us to play that you have not heard on this list, then please recommend it to us. Uh, we're really excited to hear your recommendations. And obviously, if you cannot tell, we've missed some major releases yeah. this year. Uh, we haven't played Red Dead Redemption 2. We haven't played Valkyria Chronicles 4. Mm-hmm. We haven't played Mega Man 11. Uh, the, the list continues. Yeah. But don't feel like you have to recommend a big blockbuster game to us either. If there is an indie gem that you want other people to notice, including us, feel free to recommend that as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I know there's like Cross Code, Return of the Overdin, Cult of Simulator, Under Hero. These are all games that I've heard really amazing things about that I have not gotten around to play myself. Right. So if you want to recommend any of those games or any games that I haven't stated that came out in 2018 and have had their full 1.0 release, yeah, look and send them in. Yeah. Send them in. Uh, Again, you can tweet us at PlayThisPodcast. You can email us at feedback at PlayThisPodcast.com. And you can contact us however you like if you are a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash group and if you're not uh it's a pretty good deal we have a we have a patreon exclusive podcast called beep boop soup where we mix together ingredients which are talking points submitted to us by you our right. subscribers and mix them together into a soup at the end of each episode uh we've done a couple they're pretty stupid but i say that in a very positive way yes <laughs> as uh, good as stupid can be and uh, there's there's a bunch of other bonuses. You can vote on regular polls that we put up. Every dollar goes towards new projects like a new podcast idea that we have. Uh, you can look it all up on patreon.com slash group. But whether or not you support us through that way, you're already supporting us by listening to this podcast. So thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, agreed. Pretty soon, our episode where we talk about our experience playing Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee will go up mm-hmm. at the end of that episode. You will hear the results of the listener recommendation episode submissions. Mm-hmm. So, again, the deadline is January 11th. That's a Friday. Send in your stuff by then. And potentially keep your eyes out for a Patreon poll where we list our favorites and you get to vote on them shortly afterwards. Yeah. If off-format episodes of Play This like this are fun to you, where you just get to hear us talk about the games that we've played all year and stuff like that, and you'd be interested in hearing more off-format stuff like that, Mm -hmm. 
let us know. Yeah. We love we love hearing from you guys. We love it. Always down for more fan feedback. A D F M F F. Yep. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs> but in the meantime, it's dangerous to game alone. Play this. Good night, everybody. <laughs> good night. Good time, everybody. Goodbye. Good. Goodbye. Bye. Game over. Special thanks. Yes, let's thank those specials. Special thanks to Lonald, our good, close, good, good Chicago and tabletop friend that we cherish and adore. We do. We do all of that and more. Ooh. I don't know what more is. Well, now I guess now we're rhyming. Nymph, that good party baby that... Uh, <laughs> likes to eat lymphs. What's a lymph? I don't know. That's like lymph nodes. What's a lymph node? Um, like in your in your neck, you know, like if you have like swollen lymph nodes, then oh yeah, that's uh, a problem. <laughs> Special thanks to Nymph. Uh, uh, a good good baby with a healthy lymph. <laughs> There you go. I think that's a safe assumption to make about Nymph. <laughs> and special thanks to Amy Lee. We've been smooching for years. Three. <laughs> <laughs> True facts. Special, special, special thanks to all of our special thanks patrons backing us at $20 or more. You can be one too, and we will special thank you uh, at the post credit sequence of every Beep Boop Group podcast. Yeah! Thanks, everybody. Muchas gracias. Sayonara. Senor. Um, guten Tag. Arrivederci. Uh, we are terrible at saying goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>